0: Welcome back, welcome back. I am so excited you decided to join me today for True Crime and Whatnot. If you've been following from the beginning, you're probably wondering, Tanya, what in the world is a whatnot, and why did you name your show that? Well, my friends, today you're going to find out, because... Sometimes I tend to hyper-focus on one subject, which tends to be true crime, and I forget there are other subjects you can talk to people about. It helps that this specific story is based in my home state, and I am originally from West Virginia. And this actually happened in the next county over from where I grew up. So it is actually historical. It is true crime. But it is also a ghost story. And I hope that you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoyed researching it. So sit back and enjoy because this one is a good one and it shows you the rabbit hole my mind can go down at any given time warning this story contains information regarding domestic abuse murder and the exhumation of a body viewer discretion is advised Elva Zona Hester Shue was born in 1876 she was the oldest daughter and only daughter of Jacob Hester and Mary Jane Hester in October of 1896 Zona as she went by met a man by the name of see if I can say this right Erasmus, Stribling, Trout, Shoe. Now at this time, he was going by either Edward or Trout. He had also been married twice before. His first marriage ended in divorce. His second wife died under suspicious circumstances before they had even been married a year. This made Mary Jane, Zona's mother, very much against their relationship. Also, Edward was quite a bit older than Zona. But this did not stop Zona and Edward. Before the end of 1896, they had eloped after only knowing each other for a very short time. We're talking like maybe two months. On the morning of January 23rd, 1897, Edward asked a young boy to stop by his house and ask Zona if she needed anything from the store. Unfortunately, the 11-year-old found Zona dead on the floor in her home. Edward sent for the local doctor, Dr. Knapp, and he pronounced her dead. But by the time Dr. Knapp arrived at the house, Edward had already moved Zona's body to their bedroom and he had already dressed her for her funeral. He dressed her in the same high-necked burgundy dress she had worn for their wedding. He also added a veil over her face and tied a scarf in a bow under her chin stating that it was her favorite scarf. The entire time Dr. Knapp tried to examine her body, Edward held her head. And when the doctor attempted to examine her neck, Edward flipped out and he, he just ended the exam. And he's like, nope, I'm done. You need to leave. Witnesses at her viewing or wake claimed her head was very loose on the neck and would drop from side to side when it wasn't supported. But Dr. Knapp put her original cause of death down as an everlasting faint or a heart attack. She was 20. That's not real likely so then he changed it to childbirth I couldn't find any information regarding whether or not she was actually expecting at this time but she had only been married a few weeks so I don't think she gave birth to a child unless it was a miscarriage again there's never any mention of blood where her body was found there's no mention of her ever telling anyone that she was expecting and he never mentioned anything about it and at that time she was being seen by the doctor since December And, and at that time That could have been for anything. They stated feminine issues. She could have been having mood swings or headaches or reading too many books or, yeah, that was a thing. (laughs) You, You could, at that point in time, you could have your wife committed because she told you no. Can you imagine? Just because she said no zona was buried the next day at soul chapel methodist cemetery a short time later mary jane started telling people that zona had come to her after her death to tell her what actually happened now according to mary she had four visits from her daughter she soon went to the prosecuting attorney and told him her daughter stated that she had been abused by her husband and that he had killed her. And he asked for specific names of anybody that could have information regarding the couple or the day that she passed or anything like that. So his first person to speak to was... Dr. Knapp, and Dr. Knapp described Edward's behavior the day Zona died, and how he had been unable to perform a proper exam of her body. That was enough to have her body exhumed. Her autopsy took place in a little one-room schoolhouse on February 22nd. 1897 It lasted three hours During the autopsy it was discovered her neck had been broken between the first and second vertebrae as well as her windpipe being crushed and bruising on both sides of her neck These are clear signs of murder by strangulation Edward was arrested for her murder and while in jail he supposedly bragged to other prisoners that he wanted to marry seven times he thought he was going to be released and he was quoted by the reporters stating he would be set free because there was so little evidence against him His trial began on June 22nd, 1897, with Mary Jane Hester as the star witness. The prosecutor never brought up anything regarding her visits from her deceased daughter. However, the defense did. Now, I'm assuming this was to make Mary Jane seem insane to the jury, but it didn't work. During the trial, Mary testified it was no dream. She came back and told me that he was mad that she didn't have no meat cooked for supper. But the second night, she told me Her neck was squeezed off at the first joint and it was just as she told me. Mary Jane's story never changed at any point. It never changed. The jury only deliberated for an hour and 10 minutes before returning with the verdict. And on July 11th, 1897, the jury found Edward guilty of murdering his wife Zona and sentenced him to life in the state prison, now known as Moundsville Penitentiary. Now apparently, this wasn't good enough for the people of the town, so they formed a lynch mob and they were gonna take him from the jail and then hang him. But a deputy sheriff was able to disband them before they were able to do any damage. No motive was ever given. But what is known is that Edward had a reputation for having a temper. And that was from at least one claim of abuse from one of his previous wives. Edward died in Moundsville on March 13, 1900, due to the flu epidemic that hit the area. His body was never claimed by his family, so he was buried in an unmarked grave in the prison cemetery. In 1991, the state of West Virginia erected a marker near the cemetery on I-64 at exit 156 for Sam Black Church. It reads, "Interred in nearby cemetery is Zona Hester Shue. Her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband, Edward. Autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account. Edward, found guilty of murder, was sentenced to the state prison. Only known case in which testimony from a ghost helped convict a murderer. That's the wild story of the Greenbrier ghost. I grew up in the next county over, and I didn't know anything about this until just a couple years ago. And I think he would have been found guilty even without the testimony about the ghost, between all of the, her injuries and the suspicious way that he acted I don't think he was getting out of there free. I really don't. But let me know what you guys think. You guys can follow me on Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Audible. I now have a Facebook page called True Crime and Whatnot where we can have a discussion about any of these cases or you can even send me a recommendation I'd be happy to look into any of them I really like these lesser known cases they're they're more interesting and people don't realize what's really going on so yeah guys give me a follow every like every follow every listen counts and it helps my podcast get out there for everyone else to hear and I really appreciate all of you I really do but with that I'll have another case for you real soon till then stay true and whatnot later